Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to uh, thank each and every one of you for coming along with us here today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, uh, and that is uh, America. I'm C.L. Bryant. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and uh, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, over our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk. Uh, and uh, if you're traveling through New York City, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and there you will see uh, the Red State Talk billboard. Uh, they're above iconic Ripley's, believe it or not. And every hour on uh, every hour, the C.L. Bryant show pops up there on that big screen and old CL's face looking right back at you there in uh, Times Square. When I left you... I was talking to you, I was saying to you that um, you're hearing more often now. And I was talking about Franklin Graham as we um, moved out of the last hour into this one. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your iPhone or favorite device if you don't get both hours. I was talking about Franklin Graham and how he has been an example of Samaritan's Purse. And, in fact, that's his organization that has offered relief around the globe. Around the globe, regardless of uh, race, color, creed, religion, ethnicity, what have you. He has offered help around the globe. But yet, uh, there are groups, LGBT groups, in New York City right now who uh, are calling him racist and bigoted and, you know, all that type of thing. They want him gone. How do you call a global network of relief like Samaritan's Purse, who has uh, often gone to places where people were of different cultures and beliefs than they are and have ministered to them uh, because of the love of Jesus Christ, not uh, because they were Christians, they love them in spite of any differences. Maybe they weren't even loved back as they are not being loved back in New York City, not even thanked, evidently, for coming to help. What, what, what does that say about people? It, it, doesn't it speak to you what I have been saying to you all along uh, this is about human nature. 
oh, you got that group over there against this group over here, and, uh, you know, and that group over there, well, it's a mixed group, and that group there, they're all white, and that group there is all black, that, you know, that, but that group there, that has all, all, all mixture. Human beings have a nature like that. God only um, sees us as, uh, well, actually, he does see different um, types of people, Jews and Gentiles, two different types of people. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a conversation for a whole nother time. Tomorrow, Dr. Marlene McMillan will be joining me, and we're going to talk about worldview. But I'm talking about Brothers Keeper. I was talking about uh, being a Brothers Keeper. Those words do come from Scripture, but they're uttered by the first murderer in Scripture. His name is Cain. I think you find them around the uh, fourth, uh, third or fourth uh, chapter there in Genesis, very early on in Scripture. You find the first murderer. You find the first sarcastic remark that's made by that murderer. And that sarcastic remark is um, aimed at God when it's made um, don't know how long but it seems pretty soon after the death of um, Abel Cain's brother who Cain killed uh, in some violent way um, blood crying out from the ground um, indicates that however he was killed his blood was spilled And God asked Cain about this incident. Where's your brother? <laughs> of course, it was rhetorical. And Cain basically says back to God, hey, it's not my day to keep him. Am I my brother's keeper? That's basically what that's 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 the gist of that. And then uh, the statement is made about his blood calls out from the ground. Yeah. So, um, brother's keeper is being kicked around. We need to be our brother's keeper. No, no, friends, you don't want to buy into that idea. You're buying into something that is absolutely a bill of goods. You don't want anybody to keep you. You've heard me say this here before. You don't want anybody to be your keeper. You don't want to be anybody's keeper. Oh, you want to be their helper for sure, but they're not a keeper. You be, words mean things. You must determine if you become their keeper, if they're kept, how long they're kept, uh, you know, and if you're being kept, that's exactly what you've placed and how you've placed yourself into someone else's hands for your safekeeping. You become their keeper. Th that is not even conducive with freedom and the ideals and the principles that we enjoy and embrace. Or have we forgotten that this is a nation that was founded, even with its faults and all of that type thing, to uh, propagate and then promote certain freedoms for all of its citizens who would eventually become citizens and those who were actually in slavery at the time whose children would enjoy that? Man, I'm a living witness. I'm a witness. And so... so uh, that phrase, 
You listen for it. We're going to need to be our brother's keeper um, here. It's setting you up for a mindset to soften you into a point where you can be vulnerable to being kept in a time of crisis. Oh, how comforting is it? How comforting is it uh, to know that uh, you have a cushion to fall on and you don't have to worry about it if something happens? Um, government is for that on to a degree. But friends, when we start talking about this being a way of life and people start using phrases and you start using phrases behind them like new normal. Oh, I know there's all types of things that we get to get used to over a period of time, but you don't want to get used to this type of thing. There are some things you must reject. Huh? Like the pet rock. <laughs> there's, there's some things that you must reject as fad. Yeah, like pet rock or that thing, you yeah. know. I thought of that actually once a friend of mine and I, we were out in Arizona and I saw this beautiful, this gorgeous rock. And I said, man, I'm going to take this rock home. can be my mascot. That's what I said. I didn't say pet. I said, it can be my mascot. I had thought about it. If I had only thought about selling beautiful rocks and calling them pet rocks, but it was rejected. And that's what we have to do with Corona uh, hysteria is come to a point where we own it, we have a bridle in its mouth, and we can control it. Otherwise, it will consume us. The the hysteria will rage on both sides. It'll rage on the sides of those who want to get out and run and uh, jog and, you you know, do all that kind of thing. And it'll rage on the sides of those who want to shelter in place and stay protected until Jesus comes. I choose not to live my life in that type of fear. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to be very cautious in how I live my life from this point on because there is a new something. I don't know what it's called, but I'm not going to call it normal. There's a new something as far as lifestyle is concerned, that is introduced, being introduced to us as we speak. And um, you can see the planks falling into place as we speak. Boom, 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 boom. They're falling right down into place as we speak. And so um, be very careful of... uh, Listen for phrases that become something you hear all the time. It will be um, a part of the dialogue that they're wanting to um, have all of us. You you are what you you begin to be what you say, you know. Yeah, you, you begin to be what you say. So be careful what you say about this because you become attuned to speaking the language of the new normal. And then it becomes that way for all of us. Huh? What enters into um, uh, my bad? Kids were saying that all the time. It entered into the lexicon. How did it enter into the lexicon? We let it in. We allowed it in. Huh? 
I'm going to give a shout out to. <laughs> we let that in. There are things that we let in to our, our lexicon, we, and we uh, use them all the time. Unconsciously, it happens to us. And that's why I'm saying to all of you right now, uh, be very careful of your uh, unconscious. Your, the things are not unconscious. You can't really be careful of that because it's unconscious. But, but just the same, uh, be careful what goes into your consciousness that will affect your unconsciousness. Things you start to do unconsciously. Certainly uh, embrace, certainly means things we uh, go along with without thinking. And I'm telling you, this brother's keeper thing is something that you don't want to go along with without thinking the implications, the ramifications of that. Whoever is kept, uh, somebody has to determine how long you're kept, why you're kept, you know, when you're kept, if you're kept at all. You don't want to be nobody's keeper. You're always some. You, you're everybody's helper. If you, you know, if they need you for something, you're always somebody's helper. But words mean things, and people use certain words uh, in order to convey thought. I um, read somewhere, I think it's an unknown thing. I may have actually said it myself, and I have done that before, attributed uh, my own sayings to other people. But I, I actually saw this. I'm, I'm sure that this is not anything that I said uh, at any time. Profan- you even take someone who uses profanity a lot. And, um, there are a lot of folks, uh, especially the old, the old men when they got together in my family, they were... Professional cussers. I could say words that, like, nobody could say words like they, <laughs> man, they said them. But I, I came to learn that profanity is um, the feeble mind desperately trying to express itself. You know, but. I don't know. It's become a way of life here for us to just buy into people saying catchy stuff. Be your brother's keeper. Friends always understand what those implications are. What those words mean, as I told you, they were uttered for the first time by the world's first identifiable muzzler, uh, a murderer, muzzler, uh, muzzler. <laughs> he was a muzzler. Okay. He was a murderer. Cain killed Abel and then said sarcastically to God when God asked him about this thing, um, am I supposed to know where he is? Am I supposed to be keeping him? Am I my brother's keeper? That's what he, that was his retort. That was his answer. And we feel as though that's something so spiritual and so noble. <laughs> it shows how easily we're led without thinking. Now, we're looking for deeper 
conversations, deeper parts of our character to be examined and exposed. Um, We're going to see if this thing can show us how beautiful and ugly we can be. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that that's, I fear. Well, in fact, not necessarily fear, I look forward to seeing us in our true selves. This thing will show us how beautiful and how ugly we can be toward one another. And New York, I guess, is getting its share. I mean, there's been all kinds of crap going on up there uh, as far as um, some cop uh, beating up some guy who was giving out, um, I don't know if he was selling them or giving them away, a mask or so forth. Um, you know, it's a big hoopla about that. We're easily led, easily distracted from what's important. And it ain't anything to do with someone trying to turn something into a race riot. We're easily distracted from what's truly important. And to all of you who are easily distracted down the um, garden path of uh, making everything about race, um, that is the least of our worries in 2020. Uh, in, in the age of COVID-19. And so, my fellow Americans, there comes a time when we get tired. So tired of um not being able to be ourselves that only in private conversations and among rational people do we speak sensibly. But don't let us get into a group. Don't let us congregate into a mob. We'll get crazy. That too is human nature. Friends, that too is human nature. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. I look forward to uh, talking to you when we return with more of the CL Bryant Show. This uh, show can be downloaded by app free. The CL Bryant Show in the App Store. Uh, And you can listen to us anywhere you go. I'll be back after this short break.
United State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. are lifted high Our hearts are bowing in reverence CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation right here over Red State Talk Radio, our flagship station, coast to coast, border to border, and around the globe. Most listened to and um, largest uh, talk platform in our nation. Um, yeah, yeah. The essence of who we are is being challenged, and there are choices that we... Um, must make and um those choices actually boil down to uh, uh, a, a dangerous freedom or a peaceful slavery that's what it can't that's that's how extreme they can be right now it's uh, very wise to be very cautious um with your health and with other people that you love and so forth it, it it's it makes sense you'd better be very cautious as far as that's concerned right yes of course you should be but there comes a point there comes a breaking point where people and some have a you know closer threshold than others but everyone does reach that threshold and it began with the reports of suicides, depressions, and, and all of that type of thing um, being on, on the ups. The home violence, uh, domestic violence being on the ups. And that's because we're not living our normal lives, which if we're not, then we're not living, certainly not living our best lives. And the type of life that we're needing or, or, or they're wanting us to get used to is one that is absolutely contrary. It's contrary to who we are. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is in America. It's contrary to our DNA, what we have enjoyed. And what our parents enjoyed is contrary to it. Hmm? Americans, we're, we're, you know this. We're used to going out um, on uh, Friday night and Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, uh, congregating and uh, getting that, um, you know, that frittata or whatever, you know. <laughs> That's American life. Going to the brunch, breakfast brunch, all of that is a part of American life. Oh, the buffets, the all-you-can-eat buffets. As most of you know, my wife is um, uh, now passed on to live another life, uh, you know, uh, than this one, to try a world unknown to us. 
and uh, I'm I'm so happy for her. But and particularly since my wife had, especially the last month of her life, um, um, she was not well. She was not well at all. She was not well. And um, God was merciful in removing her before this hit. And that's the way I look at it. But friends, um, when we think about the things that um, we get used to and try to protect, then we had better um, pay close attention to what we're being told and how we approach each other. I'm going to go visit a friend today, um, and I look forward to, to seeing them. And um, Guidelines, of course, have been put in place. You have to be careful. It's a freedom, dangerous though it may be. It's still a freedom. It beats being um, peaceful slavery. It beats beats peaceful slavery. You must chance carefully until you master what's troubling you the most. And this has been a troubling, troubling time for us as Americans because it's such a mystery as to how we proceed from here. Don't forget that um, we, we... we, we're going to have to be more to one another than we have been. That's also a part of the, the change. And when you think about it, we were looking at a world that was absolutely spinning toward inconsideracy. And, and, and all of a sudden... You have this thing, this COVID-19 comes around that absolutely, it it, it forces us to be considerate of others. And that came about in the midst of a world that was spinning toward rapidly, spinning rapidly toward inconsideracy. Nobody's considered of somebody else. I mean, you know, road rage, the way we treat each other. Um, even uh, you go to McDonald's, used to, I don't, you know, and you certainly go into stores these days. Yeah, you're too close to that. You're, man, I mean, they're beginning to be Nazi police around there. <laughs> Store not. Sprouts. I was at Sprouts the other day, <laughs> and uh, the line, the line police. <laughs> I mean, it was Stalag thirteen-ish. We don't live like this, but we are now, of course. But it was, it was, it was like Stalag thirteen. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get used to that, do we? Heck no, we don't want to get used to that. No, we have scars, y'all. There's no question about it. We we have scars. We have plenty of those. Um, And we don't need to necessarily make them go away. 
Uh-uh. But um, we do need to know how to um, care for each other and minister to each other and be neighborly to each other. Loving your neighbor as yourself is what it's all about. That's what Christ thought it was all about. Uh, put it right up there beside loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The, uh, the, the second law that he wanted to, you to understand was you love your neighbor as yourself. And with their scars, yeah, with their scars and everything that they have, you love them as yourself. And um, you don't want the scars to go away. You don't want yours to go away. You know, or you don't want them to take them away. But the more you nurture each other, Americans, and this is where we got to go. And I hate to sound like some tree hugger, you know, and I ain't the way I am. But you know what I'm saying. And the more we nurture each other, exercise our Christian spirit, uh, Christianity, then the more those scars fade on their own. Huh? The more they fade on their own without us doing anything. If we just engage each other, the scars begin to fade and they will begin to fade on their own. And that's where we are now. And and maybe um, the Lord allows us to be able to heal ourselves this way. But it'll be by his, his spirit not by any strength of ours. And this thing that Cuomo said, I'm glad that my, my pastor called him out, James A. McMinnis, Word of God there in Shreveport, Louisiana. Although, yes, I'm up in um, Denver, Colorado. I have not been able to go home for a while. But um, my pastor called out um, Governor Cuomo of New York the other day for saying uh nationally on television now yeah. uh well god didn't do it <laughs> oh, man if you're breathing he did that you know he did that so naturally so obviously he did this too whoever has breath of life in them has the breath of life from the creator and for some idiot politician to get on television and start talking to people around the world who are breathing that breath of life, using the unforeseen life force within their body to help other people. And this idiot talks about God didn't do it. Andrew, you're an idiot. <clears throat> of course he did it. We don't see air. We feel it. We see the we see it moving through the trees. We don't ever see air. But we doggone sure knew if it left the planet, wouldn't we? And uh, we'd only be aware that it had been left that it has left for a very short time. Yeah, God did it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't miss it for long. In other words, we want, if air ever leaves the planet, we wouldn't miss it for long because we wouldn't be alive. I think it's something like four minutes, five minutes tops. We would not be alive. And if it left suddenly, well, I don't even have to worry about it. You'd suddenly be dead. 
but it it's sustainable. It's been sustainable ever since Cain or Adam uh, met Eve or before Adam met Eve. When Adam met God, air has been a precious, precious, precious commodity, the most precious commodity. So, of course, God did it. (laughs) God didn't do this. Of course, he did it. And that's what we're dealing with. Those are the types of things that we must understand and keep in mind that a worldview is being challenged. A worldview is being um, introduced into this crisis that will fundamentally, that they would like to uh, help them assist in the fundamental change of this country. That's the difference between liberalism, progressivism, and conservatism. They're always pushing the agenda of social engineering. Whereas the only thing that conservatives are trying to do right now is trying to get us through this with everybody intact so you can go back to spending money and making money. You understand what I'm saying to you? That's the difference. And so, um, my friends, I want to speak to those who have lost loved ones. I um, told you a couple of um, weeks ago. Well, weeks ago now, yes, he's been gone now a couple of weeks himself. uh, Pastor Harry Blake of the Mount Canaan Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, He was the chief catechizer on my council when I was ordained, um, has passed away as um, um, of the coronavirus. He was 83 years old. He's a product of Bishop College as well. And, um, you know, the the strangest thing is um, a lot of people are beginning to ask the question, you know, why God, why is this happening? Why, you know, it'd be very easy to ask that question. And of course, um, the pain, the grief of losing a loved one, like I've lost mine, um, it was hard, but at least I had a chance, um, to say goodbye to my wife. There have been people who um, have had loved ones taken into the hospital. Um, they take them to the door of the hospital and the hospital takes them in. And that's the last time that they saw them alive. In fact, I'm, how, how, they, do they they let them view the body afterwards? I mean, they give the give them the body. I mean, what what I, I haven't you know what I that's one thing, Michelle. That's one thing we have to check out. I don't know what's the procedure after a patient has died of COVID nineteen in a hospital. Do they do they just release it to the funeral home? The funeral home lets the body stay there until it uh, until you know they they stack up. What what goes on? 
I, I would like to know exactly what's happening now. Jane wanted to be cremated, and I think again God was speaking to her wisdom uh, because that's just something she and I, you know, we'd never been um, fans of cremation, but you know, she had two sisters who were who went on before her, and she thought it was really, really a very wonderful ceremony that they had. And she wanted to have one of those types for herself. So the best thing that has happened in the midst of this for me is that um, she was, she's cremated. I have her remains, you know, and waiting to do the memorial service back in Louisiana whenever we can. But friends, <laughs> God understands your pain. And I know you've heard pastors say that, but let me tell you how and why he understands your pain. It's because um, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, uh, she, she, she passed away. Even though she was left in the hands of John, the beloved at the cross of Jesus. If anybody knew the word and knew how to pray it over themselves and knew how to, you know, it would be her. Okay, she she died. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, the earthly custodian, male custodian of Jesus, he died. Didn't he? Yeah, he died. Lazarus, though he was raised from uh, the dead, and I man, I would have loved to have heard some of the stories that Lazarus told around some of those tables that he sat at after he came back. He died again. Jesus Christ himself tasted death for all of us. Took the sting of it out of it so that you'd have blessed hope. And so this is um, the message that I certainly hope brings you some type of comfort is that you're not in this alone even if you're at your home alone like I have been except for going out to cautiously buy groceries or something like that you're going to have to make a decision a decision is going to have to be made whether or not we live our lives in dangerous freedom or we live our lives with peaceful slavery. I'll be back with the home stretch of the C.L. Bryant show when I return. It's been great uh, being here with you tomorrow. Uh, you don't want to miss tomorrow's show. Dr. Marlene McMillan. Is going to be on with me, and um, she is a powerhouse, powerhouse of knowledge, international lecturer, uh, the founder of Why Liberty Matters. Dr. Marmeline, tomorrow on the C.L. Bryant Show. Be right back. You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed. So you cleaned me up inside, you thought I was to die for. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for being there with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. What we must avoid, uh, America, what we must avoid is a situation where keeping you is no benefit and getting rid of you or destroying you is of no loss. Are are you hearing me? Oh, I'm not just, I'm not just throwing around words here. I've, I've wanted to convey a thought to you that you I, I certainly hope grasp. We, we don't want to get to a situation in this country where government has the power, the authority, absolute uh, say so without your input. You don't want them to get to a, a mindset or an attitude about the citizenry of this country where they feel that keeping you is of no benefit. Getting rid of you, losing you, destroying you won't be a loss. That is what happens when you give over to a totalitarian type of control, government control. And you're seeing shades of it. And it's easy for people to buy into it so that they can have peaceful slavery. Oh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to help them do this because at least they'll leave me alone. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm saying? That is the type of cowardice that is creeping into the Americans um, soul. They're trying to cross, uh, they're trying to make it a, a part of a, a, us a hybrid. Yeah, they want us to be bold, but they want us to be scary and and, and cowardly and sheepish, sheepish at the same time. Huh? And eventually, whichever dog that you feed the most is going to be the strongest. That's the way it is. With feelings and attitudes, whichever one you feed the most, that's the one that's going to be the strongest. (laughs) So, be certain. You don't want to get to a, a situation where your government has an attitude toward its citizenry. 
where they feel that keeping you is of no benefit. So destroying you is of no loss. That is why a lot of Americans are taking on the attitudes that they're taking on. They're not crazy. They want to live as much as anyone else, but they want their freedom more. Give me liberty. Give me death. A dangerous freedom, a dangerous liberty is what we have always chosen Americans, that's what we have always chosen. So, and I, I certainly hope that uh, we find a way to choose it again. The coronavirus is not going to go away. Even if it did, there would be another that comes along. Don't you see? Can't you see the tea leaves? Can't you see the handwriting on the wall? Haven't you read scripture at all? It's not going to go away. After this leaves, something else will come to take its place. Read. I encourage you again. Matthew 24. Read it. And so, my friends, and, you know, just say a short prayer when you're reading it. Uh, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. That's all you got to do. When you start, I'm, I'm telling you, you will absolutely be amazed, astonished at how it will unfold. You'll be amazed. Matthew 24. And I'm not here to debate it. I just proclaim it. I just, that's what I, I didn't write this stuff. Okay. I didn't write it. So, um, procrastination is another thing we have to watch out for. We have to be aware of and be careful of. I was falling into a state of, of procrastination because all of the days that we are, at least mine, let me speak for myself, all of the days that I'm experiencing now, it's, it is very much Groundhog Day. Um, very little is going, I mean, although today's going to be a little bit different, I plan on visiting a friend a little bit later on for the first time, uh, just actually making a, a real visit, you know, and sitting down and, and talking, although we're going to exercise spacing and all that type of thing. But um, this is the time that um, we have and I refuse to be uh, led to a point where I just, I just, um, we, where I am actually dictated to by the um, people we have elected to office without my own input. Hmm? So you have to make that thing. We cannot get to a point where we procrastinate because. Um, ultimately, as the president has said, 
ultimately what unites us, what, you, what ultimately unites us, a nation, is success. DJT, Donald John Trump, ultimately, what unites ultimately a nation is success. We must have success over this, this virus. We must have success over uh, this outbreak. Otherwise, we're going to be splintered. And everybody's going to be wanting to run and go their own way and do their own thing uh, in, in their own way and at their own time. And that will be harmful. So we must be successful. Ultimately, what will unite us is success over this. And what will destroy us ultimately is if we remain uh, idle in our ways that we have remained idle. And we began to procrastinate. And procrastination, my friends, is the thief of our time. But you can get used to it. It can become normal. I have been on islands. In fact, uh, this la- this island uh, that I was the last island I was on was uh, in K K Calker. Uh, there, right near Mexico, uh, K Calker off of Belize, off the island, off the um, nation of Belize, there in Central America, and. Um, you can't you you had better not be in a hurry for anything and i certainly hope you're not in a hurry to get to a, get a, you know you can order um, anything <laughs> you can order anything and you don't be surprised if that's going to take about 30 minutes <laughs> you know it could take 45 but uh, people are not in a hurry at all because they've gotten used to procrastinating. Oh, I'll smoke another cigarette or uh, do whatever before I go and get their food and take it to them. They have learned the art of procrastinating. And since Dave every day is pretty much Groundhog's Day for us right now, and the things are going to get back into the swing of things, I certainly hope that we don't get into the habit of putting off for tomorrow things that we would have normally gotten done right now. It'll hurt us and it'll slow us down a pace. It'll slow our pace. We cannot go from being industrious and industrious ingenious people because we come up with our own thoughts and we, we use our own hands and our own actions to um, that God has given us to shape our success in this world. This type of thing can actually slow that pace. And that's why we, we must opt. And that's why we have always opted for the dangerous freedom rather than the secure slavery. And... Um, can have your docile slaves, and you know I'm never going to be one of them. Or you can have those who are saying to everybody, we need to run away from this. We need to get away from this. You can have your docile slave saying, hey, man, let's just, 
Just be cool, dude. You know, Massa feeds his own you know, Tuesday and beats us on Wednesday. Uh, feeds us again on Thursdays. And we feed ourselves on Fridays and Saturdays and goes to church on Sunday. And uh, he feeds us again on Monday. Master feeds us again. Yeah, but uh, is that beating that you take on Wednesday? That's the thing, man. <laughs> he feels he has the right to do it. And that's the role of big government. Once you give them the right to feed you, the right to house you, the right to clothe you, you give that over to them, then they feel they have the right to beat you on Wednesday if they want to. Well, friends, we're going to be just fine. Because we are Americans, we will not go away quietly. Into the night, we will stand and we will fight. We will survive. Because of people like you. Come along with me daily as I build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. And in the words of um, um, our president, what ultimately unites a nation is success. Let's be successful in conquering this epidemic together, watching out for each other being good neighbors and handling this thing in a way that Americans know how to handle things. Let's get it done. Get on back to work and get our lives back in order. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and my heartfelt desire is that God will bless and keep you all.